0: Hi everyone, this is Leslin Keith. I'm president of the board of directors at the Lipedema Project and director of research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today I have an excerpt from a Lipedema Town Hall meeting that was held in June of 2020. Dr. Stanley Roxon, who is the Alan and Tina Neal Professor of Lymphatic Research and Medicine at Stanford University School of Medicine, and the director of the Stanford Center for Lymphatic and Venous Disorders, talks about why he believes lipedema is a lymphatic disorder and what this means for the lipidema community.
1: So there is work that goes back, I think, to the early 1980s that caught my attention, which is to look at the results of what's called a water-loading test. So if you take a normal individual and you give them a defined amount of water, let's say a liter for the sake of that, and then make them stand while you observe over time, it will take, as you watch over, let's say the next two hours, they will excrete close to 100% of that volume of water that you've given them to ingest, assuming they're normally hydrated to begin with. If you do the same thing to somebody with lipidema, they will hang on to the fluid and the fluid will accumulate in the legs. This is basically the inability of the tissues to render the fluid that's there through the lymphatics so that it can go back to the circulation and be excreted by the kidney. So that's one strong clue. The other clue is that is when you image lymphatics and you look at people with lymphedema with some research techniques, the lymphatics won't look normal. If you do it in lymphedema, at least in a few published cases, They also don't look normal, but they don't look normal in a way that's different from lymphedema. But those are the two lines of evidence that have always intrigued me and made me believe that lipedema is a lymphatic disorder. And my belief, and I can't prove this part yet, but I have strong conviction that what happens in lipedema is that in essence, the normal layer of fat that exists in the lower extremities, where most fluid is prone to pool because of gravity, that normal layer of fat becomes waterlogged because of the underlying lymphatic disorder. The earliest thing that's happening in pre-puberty is that the tissues are being conditioned to become abnormal because of that lymphatic defect. And then as hormones proliferate and you have that added influence, then you begin to see the overt expression of the disease, which is basically the overgrowth of waterlogged initially normal fat cells that become abnormal because of their edematous state. And that changes their biology in a way that becomes increasingly irreversible. So that's my theory on lipidema. Now, to talk about just two seconds about the research, basically, in order to pursue the idea that lipedema is linked to other lymphatic pathology, I did a series of studies in collaboration in part with my friend and colleague, Dr. Oliver at Northwestern University. We initially were able to look at mouse models that have purely an obesity problem that is genetically determined versus mouse models that have a combined lymphatic abnormality and obesity, edema. It's just that as their lymphatic problem develops, they become more and more obese and normal mice, and we were able to determine that there was a unique set of biomarkers that were seen in the lymphatic defect, but not in the obese mice and not in the normal mice. And we took that information to the human scenario, and I insisted on looking at lymphedema as one of the disease states we would look at, but we looked at a cohort with lipidema, a cohort with acquired lymphedema, the kind that people get after cancer treatment, and other entities, and what we call lymphovascular disease. So that includes primary lymphedema, heritable forms of lymphedema, and other lymphatic malformations. And guess what? The marker that we saw in the mice was seen in all of those lymphatic contexts, including lipedema, but not in the normals. And when we looked at obese individuals who did not have a lymphatic defect, they don't have this marker. Whereas we see this marker in people who have all of the lymphatic defects, whether or not they are obese. So we see them both in lean individuals with lymphatic disorders and obese. So obesity is not part of the story. It's really the lymphatic defect. And the same in the mouse model. That mouse model of a lymphatic defect, we can look at them when they're young and they don't have obesity and they have the marker and they become obese and they have the marker. So... Now we have a distinct fingerprint that says that lipedema is truly a cousin, let's say, of lymphedema and lymphatic malformations and all the other things that make lymphatics abnormal and cause disease. In my mind, the way I put it together, it is a disease of the lymphatic circulation that in turn causes an acquired fat disorder as a consequence of that. Now that may not be right. Maybe it's both disorders together, but for sure it is lymphatic as part of its origin. And it shares some of the attributes of the other lymphatic diseases that indeed are recognized to be diseases. And in future, we hope that will help with treatment and with diagnosis, but we need to get this research tool out of the research arena into the clinical arena. And that will be a process as well. The second issue is Knowing that PF4, the biomarker that we're talking about, is linked to lymphatic disease and to lipidema, it gives us an opportunity to explore in depth the pathways that are associated with the overproduction of this protein as it circulates in the blood. So we can actually start to dis- understand the biology that leads to all of these diseases and how it links in to what we already know. And The third, and in many ways not central to this group, but central to human health and disease, is to say, I have a strong, well-supported conviction that the lymphatics play an important role in a huge swath of human disease, in the circulatory system, in the endocrine system, in the neurological system, in the autoimmune disorders in the cardiovascular system, diseases that we don't currently call lymphatic, like myocardial infarction, congestive heart failure, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, I could go on and on, Crohn's disease. These are all entities where we now have strong evidence that the lymphatics play a role. And so using this crowbar that opens a jar, the door to the lymphatic circulation, helps us to understand the broader context of human health and disease and how we can help. And clearly the lipidema community needs to be sensitive to the fact that having an underlying lymphatic disorder means that you need to be sensitive to the other diseases that may cluster with having a lymphatic.
0: That was an incredible conversation with Dr. Roxon back in June of 2020. Thank you so much for participating in that town hall meeting, Dr. Roxon. And thank you to you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org/slash/flash where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema flash briefing.